Welcome to La Taverna Friuli Wines, the definitive podcast on wines from Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. I'm your host, Wayne Young. Um, welcome everybody to La Taverna Friuli Wine. Um, I am very happy to have someone who I've known for a while here today in the studio, Lisa Tozzolini. From Hi. The, hi, Lisa. How are you doing hi, today? Hi, Wayne. Thank you for asking me this to be part of your podcast. The, the pleasure is all mine to have you here. Thank you for coming all the way out to, to beautiful downtown Rizzi. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and joining us here in the studio. Um, a little bit different uh, topic tonight because normally we would be talking about wine, but tonight we were going to be talking about your family's distillery. Yeah, So you cannot talk about Friuli and not talk about Grappa. Grappa. Exactly, of exactly. Course. This is part of our tradition. Absolutely. And part of our heritage. Exactly. So you can't talk about Italy if you don't talk about Grappa, but especially Friuli. Friuli, yeah. Of course, we have many distilleries, but uh, we are among the most uh, old, the oldest. So, and we are... Or more than 75 years. 75 years, now. okay. So it will be a pleasure to discover also this part of Friuli. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I always invite people to come and visit. And one of the things that you can do when you're here is, you know, you can not only visit wineries and beautiful places, but there are already some amazing distilleries, yours being, you know, one of the most important here. So Beppi Tozzolini is the name of the distillery, correct? Yes. And is Beppi your dad? No, Beppi was my grandfather. Was your grandfather? Yeah. Okay. He okay. he founded the distillery during the Second World War. Okay. So um, it was um, 20, 22 years old, and uh, he had this passion for uh, for grappa. Actually, that was not part of his uh, family tradition, but. Um, he was very passionate. Okay. And uh, at that time, he thought that uh, Grappa, that was a very, a very humble distillate. No, the, the soldier used to uh, to drink Grappa during during the the war okay. to to get uh, warm and to you know get more. Uh, um, Energy, energy, yeah. and no fear. Oh, okay. So, but he thought that uh, this distillate, uh, with the right, uh, um, with the correct uh, process, with uh, with the right patient, could become a very international distillate so, and appreciated by many people, not only for for the purpose that was at the beginning. No? Okay. To, to warm you up. Gotcha. Well, I know you know most of our um, most of our audiences in the states in English speaking, so some of them may not know exactly how grappa is made. And a lot of times in the states, everybody sort of thinks of grappa as kind of like fire water, right? It's it like, is. It, it, it can is. be. It, it can is. be. Actually, it is. It, <laughs> it is, is fire water. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, a... So, could you give us like sort of a... actually, it's 
life water, water yeah, of aqua, life, aquavita, aquavita no? of course, of yeah. course, yeah. So, well, grappa is part of the tradition of the winemaking. Okay. Because uh, what we need to make grappa, so to create the distillate, is the waste of the wine process. We okay. need only the skins. When you press the grapes to make the wine, the, the mosto, the must, you, as a winery, you the waste is the, the skin no? after the fermentation. Right. You press the grapes you and press then the grapes. you have the juice on one side and then the skins on the other, exactly. which is normally considered... A fertilizer, yeah. yeah. And that's what we use, actually. We okay. need, uh, I mean, in the past, um, uh, distilleries uh, used to make the grappa with uh, uh, the, 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 the dry skins, okay. call it vinaccia. Uh, that was really a waste. Today, in order to have uh, a fruity and a very flavored uh, grappa, you need to preserve the vinaccia and uh, you need to have them fresh. Okay. So now for us, it's not a waste anymore and it's our primary ingredient. Okay. So we need to take care of it uh, to make the right fermentation, to have it as fresh as possible. So the distillation has to be done just during the harvest, no, we're not uh, trying to preserve the vinaccia or the skins in some ways, not to uh, stock in in containers. In, in containers. Or, yeah. So we the the secret is really uh, the freshness. Okay. So what is coming out of the distillation, so of the concentration of these skins, becomes a liquid with a very high uh, percentage of alcohol. Oh, that really? becomes the grappa. Okay, so is it there? So because I'm I'm always kind of confused about this myself. Is yeah the the grape skins obviously have a little bit of moisture. Yeah, it's a little inside. little bit. It's they are very moist. Right. Uh, especially now that uh, we. But you don't press them again. You don't no. extract. No. 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 So what do you? What's the process? When the skins arrive at the at the distillery, they should be moist. They should be moist. And, fresh. and then what happens? And then you you have to ferment. The skins. Okay. So they have to transform the sugar they have inside into alcohol. So there's some leftover sugar inside these skins. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So uh, you ferment the skins. Yeah. You ferment only the uh, white skins because the red skins has already fermented already with the wine. Ah, okay. So the red skins are ready for distillation. Right away. The white skins need to be fermented. Uh-huh. Okay. See, I, di I didn't know that. In, and as soon as they, you have to check the alcohol percentage they have, and as soon as they reach the right percentage, you can distill them. Okay. So the first uh, distillation takes, uh, it's like um, you, you put it in the caldaie, which okay. are just like the, the hot pot. Exactly. Uh, where the, ste the steam goes through the skins and extract the aromas and the alcohol. Okay. Then you have to use the columns to concentrate this alcohol into a higher percentage. So 70, 72, 75. Okay. And there you have to cut the head, the heart, and the tail. Of course. And only the heart becomes grappa. If you think about uh, 100 kilos of grapes, okay. you get 25 kilos of skins. 
Okay. And you obtain one liter of grappa. Wow. Because it's a concentration. So, so all the all the the, the the drop after drop. Exactly. You, know, you see the drops coming out. Incredible. And it's incredible. I didn't I didn't realize that the 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 the, the production was so tiny. Yeah. It's, That's so why you one need... liter from twenty five kilos of grapes of yeah. of skins basically. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you don't the the skins aren't like soaked in anything. They're not basically no. they're put in a kadaya. Steam rises through the 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 from the bottom from the bottom, and yeah. this because obviously alcohol evaporates at a lower temperature than water. Exactly. Okay, and then you go up and then you cool this down, and it becomes liquid. It becomes liquid, and so the steam escapes, and then the alcohol condenses at a lower temperature, and you concentrate. Okay. Perfecto. <coughs> I'm getting the idea yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's. It's the thing. same thing about perfumes, no? It's the same. Okay. Same way they they get the the the, the essence. The, the, the essence. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's the same process. It's almost the same process. Okay. Um, and so, so that's after the skins have been fermented. So do you? Where do you ferment the white skins? If the red skins already come in fermented, where do the white skins? Oh, do you have uh, like... Like uh, a container? Yeah, big uh, containers of uh, 400 kilos. Okay. And you close them uh, and, and they ferment. Uh, okay. So you... By themselves, By basically. themselves. Yeah. yeah, because they have the yeast of the of the grapes. Of course. So of then course. you don't need to put uh, more yeast or uh, other uh, anything else. So, 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 so it's so, completely natural. Yeah. No? It's something to keep in mind that it takes 100 kilos of grapes to make one liter of grappa. Yeah. That's incredible. I, I remember for the expo in Milan a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. I um, I went there to talk about uh, grappa and I created this uh, big poster where I show people that uh, the the grapes are coming from, you know, the vineyards, so from the earth, you know, the growing okay. and the grapes are are growing then you harvest them to make wine with the with the with the uh, with um, the, the the stems, okay. You do other things. They 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 press them to make bricks for uh, oh. um, for different uses. With the stems, yeah. Okay. And then with the skins, we produce the. Of course, with the liquid, you produce wine. Okay. We produce the grappa with the skins, and then the skins when are cooked. You have you can use them for fertilization into the into the okay. vineyard. So ah, they go okay. back. It's a circle. So it's, a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle, right. and it's an there's no waste. That's great. Yeah. So it's, it's very friendly, eco friendly. Everybody talks about sustainability. So exactly. Yeah. So, so grappa is a sustainable distillate. Excellent. I love that. Um, I just wanted to welcome Nat. Is finally here. Natalie, do you want to say hello? even though you're with us from home tonight. Hi, Nat, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Natalie, hi. Hi, and nice to meet you. Very interesting, just learning a lot about wine and obviously Friulana wine in particular, but wine in general. And I, the only thing I know about grappa are the farmers in the countryside who make it at home. <laughs> <laughs> Which they're not supposed to. Which not. You're not supposed not, to. It's against the law. Well, actually, now there is a a new after the you know they start to make these uh, microbreweries to create uh, the beer. 
No? Okay. Okay. And now this is a new phenomenon. It's called micro distilleries ah. that started in Milan where they created a small distillery to make gin into a bar in Milan. And ah. now this is becoming uh, more and more popular. They are... Uh, uh, they are not allowed to make more than uh, five liters a day. Okay. So they have a small production, a limited production. And, uh, but uh, actually the law is changing and this micro distilleries are, are growing. I know that in, in uh, Trentino, there are more than 80 micro, micro distilleries. distilleries. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And in so Friuli, is there anything happening no. on that front? No. Not, That's strange. Not, not yet. Mm. Not yet. I think it's. Something. I think a lot of people. I mean, especially the the farmers. I probably they 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 distill at home. Right. I'm yeah. sure of this. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. We nobody all... nobody say anything, but right. I'm sure they do. Well, we all have that friend, right? Who like <laughs> everybody brings in that bottle everybody of grappa a... that their dad or uncle made or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. We won't but name can I, names. Can I ask? Sorry to interrupt you. No, guys. no. I go ahead, Nat. One more question. I'm just going to um, listen. Is it the same as moonshine and poutine and these things that are made from potatoes? I don't know what moonshine's made from. Is it, obviously it's not the same, potatoes and grapes, but is it from a, a sort of ignorant point of view, this very, very strong white spirit at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah, more yeah, or less. More or less, yes. Yeah. They all come okay. out uh, the same um, alcohol percentage. Percentage, yeah. Then, then you, okay. of course, you dilute it because it comes out at 72, 73 uh, alcohol. Um, the volume of alcohol is very high and then you dilute it uh, with the distilled water and you bring it to 40, 42. Right. The, 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 That's the typical The typical, yeah. yeah. Cannot, below, uh, cannot be below 38. Okay. Otherwise, That's you the... cannot call it grappa anymore. Ah, uh, okay. So, okay. I, the, the big difference, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lisa, is, yeah. is the material that it's made out of, yeah, right? exactly. Obviously, you know, uh, moonshine is made mostly from corn. You know, vodka is exactly. made from potatoes and grain. Uh, even brandy is made from fresh grapes that have been fermented rather than no, the grape brand, skin. No, brandy actually is made from wine. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's the wine that's wine. distilled. It's okay. wine. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. See, correct me if I'm wrong. Of course. <laughs> Thank you. That's why we have you here to make sure that I'm. You know. Well, and I and we do a little production of brandy as well. Oh, okay. Uh, because we have two steels, very old steels. Uh, all the steels that we have at the distillery are the same uh, that my grandfather. Uh, built when they founded the, the distillery. So, uh, and we do have two Charan steels that are the same used for the production of cognac in ah, France. Okay. So we distill wine. Those also. are like the big round ones. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it's you a double distillation, as... and it's the same uh, distillation oh, okay. as uh, as cognac. And we make a little production of brandy as well. So from wine. Okay, so from wine. Okay, so not from from, from, grape. from well, grapes. Grapes, fermented from, grapes yeah. is wine. So yes, but you literally take wine into the thing. Exactly. And you for, you distill that. You distill product. it. You okay. don't drink it. You distill it. You distill it exactly. Okay. Um, I have a little story to tell. Okay. Going back about this whole idea of like Friulani and and grappa. I was in Piedmont one time for a tasting with a bunch of other producers from. 
Sicily and Piedmont and Tuscany and Umbria and all this sort of stuff. And I was the only Friulian producer there, only, only pre person presenting Friulian wine. So we went out to dinner after the tasting and everybody ordered um, food and all that sort of stuff. And then we finished dinner and at the end, everybody's ordering coffee and I ordered coffee with grappa aparte on the side. And the first thing that everybody said was, oh my God, you really have become Friulano. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it really is a part of the culture here. Um, and I remember late nights um, working in the cellar, cold, wet, all that sort of stuff. And literally the thing that saved my life was was that warming grappa yeah, at yeah, the end of the night. And maybe a little resentine also as well to sort of rinse out your coffee cup, which has you know, literally saved my life on more than one occasion. So, uh, yeah, I want to make sure that everybody... Sometimes, you know, the, the coffee's better with the grappa because uh, <sighs> not all the coffees are good. So yes, you're improving. Sometimes you need a grappa in the coffee. To, exactly, but to, you don't, you don't want to ruin your grappa no, either. No, but, uh, <laughs> but if it's for a good purpose. If it's for okay. a good purpose, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. And so what is sort of your, your most famous grappa product? I mean, we'll get into some other, the other things that you do, but your most, is there one particular one that is, is the most famous one? Well, um, Agricola is uh, for sure one of the most famous. Uh, it's uh, the one at 50% uh, okay. uh, alcohol. So it's the more classic and is the strongest. But we are very well known for a product that is similar to grappa, which is called Most. Ah, okay. And it's an aquavite di Mosto d'uva. So it's a distillate from the must. Ah, okay. So it's in the middle. It's not the skins only. Okay. It's not the wine. It's the juice. Okay. So it's the must. Fermented and distilled before becoming wine. Before becoming wine. Okay, so not brandy. Not grappa. But not grappa. Not grappa. Okay, uh, because that was what I was kind of thinking of, so I didn't know whether that was a grappa or something a little bit different. Exactly. It's a little bit different, and it's more fruity, and it's more okay. delicate, and uh, even if it's 40%, always, but it's really very... Um, it's a ladies, it's a more ladies uh, grappa, let's okay. call it, ladies grappa. It's, it cannot be called grappa, but it's made from the must. Okay. So it's part of the heritage of, gra of grappa. Okay. And so was this... And this, this was an, in the 80s and in the 90s, but also at the beginning of the 20th century, it was the most uh, famous product we okay. were... Uh, known for okay, and it's probably still, but now that the name of the distillery, so the the, the Tosolini brand uh, became anyway uh, global. No? So you don't really think about only one product, only one distillate, but you have many. Okay, as uh, also because the um, the distillery. I mean, we are very. Um, concentrated on the on-premise, so on restaurants and bars and uh, wine shops, uh, wine uh, wine bars, and we're not into the supermarket Supermarkets, chains. Yeah. And and this is helping us to develop the a product with a, a big quality, mm -hmm. but also to create a lot of different grappas, depending on the 
aging, different goods, uh, different um, varieties of grapes. Uh, so we are working more on the uh, more than into the identification of a single product into different products that are all under the same umbrella, no? under the same brand, Tosolini. Gotcha. So because we want to be the specialist. Okay. We don't want to be the grappa for uh, the single a single product okay. that is uh, uh, sold in million of bottles, but mm -hmm. we want to be the specialist in small quantities of many different of specialized uh, sort of product. Okay, exactly. So, what are some of those those specialized products that have been sort of the most successful for you? Well, we have a lot of um, different grappas made uh, with uh, different varieties like Friulano, like uh, Cabernet, like okay, uh, so Merlot, monovarietals uh, mono okay. that has been aged into uh, different uh, kind of uh, barrels with different woods. Okay. So we have uh, cherry wood, uh, oh. chestnut wood, uh, um, mulberry wood. Uh, hmm. We have not only oak, no, so different woods, but also we mix them different barrels, so big barrels, small barrels. Now, now I I ordered a couple of years ago some barrels uh, of um, I like whiskey very much. So uh, okay, beside grappa, uh -huh. whiskey is my one you, of my favorite. You can't live on grappa alone, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided to buy some barrels from distilleries uh, around the world, and uh, they are now in the in our cellar. Okay, and they are still there. So couple of years have been passed and they are still there. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. So they are not on the market. And uh, we keep them there and I'm thinking what I can do with this kind okay. of distillate. So what what's your favorite whiskey? Uh, do you have a favorite? Well, I'm more classic and more, uh, I like very much uh, Lafroig, okay. which is a very, very pity. Yeah. Pitied. Pity, pity, yeah, yeah. But also, I like the new whiskies like Nika, which is very, very delicate, very soft uh, from Japan. So different, uh, not only the classic. Huh? Oh, okay. And uh, so I gave to our grappa a twist of uh, whiskey, whiskey style. Okay. And they are actually really good. How did you do that? I put the grappa in the bottles where, oh, the, the where Lafroig was uh, oh, aging the product okay, okay. before. So you literally put your grappa in Lafroig barrels. Yeah. Ah, very and I, cool. I bought one from uh, two from the Barbon. I bought uh, the um, wild turkey and um, another one. No, I don't remember the name. And I'm buying more. I will more buy barrels. now some bottles from some Japanese distilleries. Hmm. So I want to make my own collection and maybe one day. That's totally cool. I don't know. I really think that's what, what I'm going to do with that. Okay. But, uh, it's for my pleasure first, but I want probably in the future to share this with our customers all over the world. Very cool. So if you want to make something no, in in the future, you have to think of of it now. Now, of course, of course. So, when are you going to invite me 
to taste every day oh, okay you, <laughs> you're always welcome okay. so and, uh, it's really you, interesting actually yeah i'm no i think it'd be very very interesting to see yeah. how that sort of behaves inside that kind of Absolutely. kind of barrel what it what it brings to to the grappa you did bring us something to taste tonight so i do want to try on the something. same from the same idea but yeah. this is not aged in any uh bottle from distilleries uh, around the world this is aged uh, in in oak okay um this this was uh my idea a couple of years ago uh because of uh, my my passion for whiskey so I was going around, uh, especially UK, America, and other countries, and uh, really noticed that whiskey is uh, is everywhere, and people mm. really like it. So the palate of the of the consumer is very uh, is used to to this uh, pitted uh, okay. aroma, you no? Know, they find in the in the whiskey. And so I decided to make a, a smoked grappa. Smoked grappa. Okay. Smoked grappa. Can we try it? Of course. Ah, fantastic. That's right. I can't wait. And um, which is different from the eventually uh, some other grappas that you can find on the market that has been um, pitted before okay. distillation. Uh, so there are this grappas is going, that have been pitted. Yeah. Okay. The skins. No? The, uh, skin, the skins. The skins. Have, okay. In this case, I decide to make something different because the distillation is, uh, uh, we can wait a couple of minutes. Uh, okay, to, for it to open for, up a little bit. Open up a okay. little bit. Uh, because generally, when you distill, distillation is a concentration of aromas. Right. So if you put something that smells like smoke in the, in the still, Mm -hmm. then you concentrate this smoky aroma which is can is not really nice okay so what i decide to do is to make a clear natural grappa okay and to age it in oak in oak bar barrique so small barrels small barrels and uh, and leave it there for the minimum time of for the aging that is 12 months and so you get the aromas of the fresh grappa with the the vanilla tones of the uh, of the oak barrels. Okay. And then have a finish into the very um, very toasted uh, barrel. That uh, so it's brought from one barrel into another. Into another, okay. just for the finish. And the new barrel is very toasted, so strong toasted. Okay. With the addition of the tobacco leaves. Ah. So okay. you know when you burn the they, they toast the barrels by burning the the wood, uh, no, and, and the and the, the fire inside. goes around the the inside of the barrel. Exactly. Not only the not only the the wood, but also the tobacco leaves. Ah. From the Kentucky variety ah, that grows okay. in Veneto. So you, okay, so you sort of gave it that kind of tobacco smoke. Smoke it, ah. and I finished the classic grappa into this. Cool. And, sorry, I That's get okay. another glass. That's all right. And, um, I have to give a glass, glass to Rob, course, otherwise he, he turns me off over here. <laughs> we, we go off the air. And in my, in my opinion, this is uh, really incredible because it's... Um, it's the classic with the twist of this pitted uh, smoked uh, aroma, which is uh, incredible. 
Cool. Especially if you're a smoker, <laughs> you're going to like it better. Okay. So, um, so you, you mentioned that you, you know, you have markets in the UK, you have markets in the United States. Um, how do Anglophiles, how do the, these people who speak English, um, feel about grappa? How do you, how have, have you had good reception? Cause a lot of people, my friends from the States and they're not here listening at the moment, but I have friends and I always told them you gotta have a grappa after dinner. And they're always like, Oh, so harsh it's so hard you know obviously they weren't drinking yours so how, how what were sort of the challenges to getting you know your point across in a place like the uk or the us you have keep drinking and your palate uh, needs to get used to this flavor because they actually this is this from the the the, the skins it's something very strange for the palate of the Europeans, for the Americans, for uh, Japanese and Chinese, it's really, really strange. Okay. So they must get used. And like everything else, your palate needs to, to be educated. I mean, if the first time, I don't know and if you remember the first time you drank beer. Probably. Kind of like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, so exactly. You, and now, you know, you drink beer all the time. But, uh, but of course, you need to have a good product because if you start to educate your palate with something with, that is not good and you, the first, uh, no, the first, uh, the first time you meet this distillate, uh, you probably don't want to have it anymore. Okay. So you, you should start with a good one. Yeah. So, but then your palate becomes uh, uh, you know more uh, more and more used to this the, 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 the grappa flavors and aromas and uh, and you start to understand more about what is good and what is not good okay and once you you go to the good one you cannot go back so that's that's you know that's my advice to all of you guys who are listening is don't drink crappy grappa exactly. <laughs> drink really good grappa because yeah. then you understand what what the good stuff is all about and obviously you're gonna have a different experience of course with with a with a you know a well-made grappa rather than and grappa it's a wonderful world because it's um i mean the distilleries are, are all over italy in the north especially because uh they follow, of course, the, the, the regions that are colder than more than the regions that are that are hotter. hotter. So um, you have a lot of varietals of grapes, a lot of uh, different steels that uh, can be used in the distilleries, and a lot of different agings. So it's a really it's a world of grappa. It's complex. It's complex, and I'm sure that everybody can find the grappa that fit for. For them, okay. Whether it's a you know pure white grappa or whether or it's aged, aged or, or flavored or whatever, you can find your the your, grappa you like. Okay, I'm sure. Cool. Well, I just want to open up the the room here to some people. If they, anybody has any questions for Lisa, um, we don't have a ton of people in the room tonight, but um, we do have some folks here. So anybody who has any questions, feel free come on up on stage and uh, and ask Lisa about um, about grappa. So can we, do you think, I've been, you know, sticking my nose in this glass now for yeah. a minute. It's super elegant. Um, the smokiness is, is there, but it's not light. like a punch in the nose. Yes. Yeah, it's very, very light, very elegant. I like it a lot. And it, if you were to give this to me, 
without telling me that it was grappa, I would probably say it was a whiskey. Yeah, for the flavor. But then from when the you nose. put it in your yeah. mouth. Yeah, when you put it in your mouth, you, you realize, realize. Okay, yeah. can I do that? Of course. Okay. And it's absolutely, also in your mind, in your mouth, it's really, really smooth. Very um, smooth. It's smooth. It's not uh, aggressive. It's, um, it, um, it, it keeps your, your palate full and has a long last. Yeah, it's really long. It's very it's persistent. It's really long. It's persistent. And, and I, sometimes when you get this kind of smoky flavor, it tends to taste very artificial. Yeah. You know, especially in sort of certain types of foods and stuff, or even some sort of, but this is so natural and so elegant. I love the persistence. A um, little bit of sweetness here as well, from obviously it's, from the oak. That's given from the oak. Yeah, yeah. of course. That's it's really given. nice. I love and then that. depends a lot on what you have eaten before. No? Okay. So depending on the food you had before, you can feel more or less the sweetness and and, and the... The, 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 also the alcohol. No? Really? Yeah. So what? which foods have more effect than others, for example? No, it, I mean, meat, you know, when you have a very... Um, a big Fiorentina. See, a big Fiorentina, then this is much, much more smoother than than now. Okay. Because you have, anyway, the, your palate has all gone through other different flavors now that probably we didn't have anything since uh, lunch yeah our palate is um is is very um, how to say not light uh, but uh, it's empty okay you know? so so yeah this is has a lot of impact on the yeah. palate that yeah. you haven't had a lot of a lot of flavor floating around in your I'm mouth trying before. now with my one of my friends that has a restaurant he's doing some Japanese food but He's Italian, and he's um, he opened this this place in uh, near Udine in Gorizia, mm -hmm. and uh, he's doing Italian Japanese, and so we want to make some some matches with uh, some. Is this Lara's place in Gorizia? Mm -hmm. Lara Stars. What is it called? Um, no, he's he, what's he, the name that, of the place? that was closed now. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's reopening. And, um, but it's always the same. Adriano guy. is his name. Okay, I don't know if you know him. Maybe. And um, probably we want to find a match between the grappa and some and some Italian Japanese uh, food. Probably cool. with this kind of of distillates, like smoke it. Yeah, there you can find a, a, a nice match, because. Everybody, when they talk about grappa, they say, ah, oh, you can have it with biscuits, with dried fruit, with uh, ice cream. Okay. Right. Uh, evolution. <sighs> exactly. Uh, revolutionary yeah. taste. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> ice cream. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. How do you know that? <laughs> you have to try. So discovering new, new combinations it's uh, for me. It's really, it's really nice, interesting. Cool. It's a May different I? way. Natalie, you have a question. Yeah, I was. It's interesting, Lisa, that you talk about the Japanese because obviously, I mean, um, unfortunately, I don't know the rest of La Bella Italia um, at all. I know Friuli very well, and as we know here in Friuli being experimental even though there are you know it's it's a it's a niche thing and there are people that do it it's only in the last few years that suddenly for example sushi's become very very popular here and stuff like that 
I lived in Japan many years ago, and one of the best restaurants we used to go to all the time was an Italian restaurant called Mario's, and it was a chain of Japanese-Italian restaurants. But when I say a chain, there was like the pizzeria, the osteria, uh, the trattoria, you know, the fine restaurant, etc. And um, it's the best, I can't say it's the best Italian food I've had, can I? <laughs> and I can't say it's no, the best can't say that. Japanese. <laughs> Don't say that, Nat. Of course not. I'll never the, have you on the show again. <laughs> but the combination, though, is really, really interesting. It'd be really interesting to see what your friend does with the flavors if it's not limited to sushi, but recreating the, you know, a, a fusion rather a fusion, than. Right, a fusion. Yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, in, in big cities, and as you and say... He, and he uses a lot of Peruvian uh, ingredients. So he uses the ingredients from here. And uh, this Wonderful. is going to be more... Uh, well, we can have a dinner together yeah. and we can taste. Yes. Because we're going to... We are now uh, trying to figure out uh, what what uh, combinations to make, but then he's going to make a real dinner. So we can have a dinner together at this place great. when he's going to Love be to open in a couple of weeks. Very, oh, he's going to open in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And this is near Gorizia. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you know, Wayne. Please do. Yeah. That? Did you have something? I'm, I, I'm in. Are I'm you in. coming? I'm in. <laughs> only, if you, only if you don't ever say that the best Italian food you've had in your life was in Japan ever no. again. No, it wasn't the best. It was the it was The, the, the best dishes. in Japan. The best in Japan. The, the best in Japan. The best they, it was the dishes that they created and the combination of, I mean... It's often been said, I'm slightly going off the subject, but having lived there for a while and having friends that still live there, that there's many bizarre similarities between Italy and Japan. It's like Italy is the Japan of Europe and Japan is the Italy of Asia. There is uh, uh, um, an obsession or whatever the right word is with beautiful food, with style, with presentation, with quality, uh, with tradition, you know, there's this, uh, just to name a few things without sort of completely changing the subject, but... Um, yeah, my friend Jeff, who comes on the show every once in a while, who's a chef, once said to me, he was like, Italian food is like Japanese food in that the 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 stress is on the ingredients and not necessarily sauces and elaborate preparation um they may mm -hmm. be elaborately prepar prepared whereas how it's cut and presented but it's not mm -hmm. elaborately cooked mm -hmm. whereas chinese is a lot more like french because it's all about the sauce and the preparation mm -hmm. and how long sure. you marinate and all that sort of thing so very very interesting, interesting in, yeah observation there do you agree lisa yeah, totally um totally agree with you not have you have you spent time in japan as well unfortunately i've never been there really no Oh, okay. You, That's going to be my you first go. trip as soon as. Well, they love they love Italy. They, they love Italy. They love everywhere you go. They've got beautiful Italian shops, Gucci and everything else, and they love it. And it's interesting, even down to the way that they sort of operate socially. I mean, you wouldn't catch the average Japanese with a hole in his in the sleeve of his jumper when he goes out. You just just something you you don't do. La belle, that, la belle that, attention, that attention to detail, right? Whereas, of course, in the states or in the UK or in Holland, I mean, it might be cool to have a hole in your jumper. No. We're we're just, we're just a bunch of slobs. Yeah, we're just <laughs> slobby. It's it's um, there's there's a lot of similarities. That's that's another subject though. Very interesting. I'll keep yeah. listening to you guys. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, always want to make sure that everybody in the audience raises their hand, gets up on stage if they want to ask a question. I wanted to ask you about getting away from 
the world of grappa, which is you know complicated enough as it is. We've gone on forty minutes just talking about sort of the basics of grappa and all of the different complexities of that. But that's not the only thing that you make, Lisa. You also make other products as well. Probably most important is the amato. Yeah. The okay. Amato, which also, is made with the all the all and and we do also other liquors. And they are all made with our own alcohol. So it's alcohol that is created by the grapes. Okay. So it's not alcohol that you buy, and it's not cheap alcohol. Right. It's, so it's you're not bringing in industrial-side exactly, type alcohol just to make, okay. Exactly. It's everything we do is do it, we do in the old way. So by infusion, macerations, uh, and it's really nice to see. Uh, people, when they come to the distillery and they see how we we really do things, okay, they get um, amazed, like, oh, my God, I, I couldn't think that you were doing this in this way, like with the with the lemon peels uh, in soaked into alcohol. So, so if you come and visit the distillery, you actually see this yes, happening. Yes, yes, wow. yes. Wow, okay. And, so uh, and, and, and people really... Uh, I mean, it's like uh, doing at home, no? Okay. It's, it's the same way. So it's um, it's a really artisanal uh, production, and still, and rem and will remain artisanal because that's the way we want to keep it. Okay. It's not uh, we. I mean, becoming too big also uh, will destroy the philosophy and the idea of my family, my grandfather first, my father, and now me and my brothers. Now we want to keep the distillery as it is. Okay. We would like to arrive at least at the 100 years. And then... <laughs> well, you, not too much more not time. Not too much more time. Yeah, 20, no, yeah, exactly. You're three quarters of the way there. Exactly. Okay. But, and we want to keep it in the same way. I, yeah. Call it old fashion, call it old style, call it uh, whatever. It's but it's sticking to your roots, yes. really, yeah, yes. rather than growing. So too, sometimes, too you know, when you have uh, also requests for quantities, we say no. Ah, okay. We say no. We are not the, that kind of of producer, that kind of distillery. We want to remain uh, ourselves. Okay. And we produce. Uh, uh, kind of limoncello, but mm -hmm. which is called limone, and it's made with uh, only the, the the best lemon peels uh, soaked in alcohol and then macerated and then distillated. And um, we do uh, licorice liquor, we do a coffee liquor, wow. we do some fruit liquors, but Amaro for sure is the most famous right now. It's the one that is also... Um, living uh, a second uh, life, no? A couple of years ago, Amaro, probably because of the of the uh, problem with the driving licenses, with uh, right. became as it is with a very lower content of alcohol. It is more more easy to drink at the end of a good meal uh, or than a grappa. Yeah, then, then it, well, typically, then it, how, how, how much alcohol is there in, in Amaro? 28, 30, okay. 35 maximum. So not 40, 45, 50, like it, a grappa. Exactly. Okay. Doesn't give you the same feeling, but it's, uh, it's different, but it's still a very good digestive. Yeah. yeah. 
So you don't have to renounce to have a digestive if you want, but you can have it amaro. And amaro is becoming now very, very popular. And, and also used into cocktails, which grappa, uh, it's more difficult because grappa is a very distinctive herbal taste uh, that uh, when you mix it with other ingredients, uh, it comes out any anyway. Okay. You, you cannot... Uh, so a cocktail with grappa, the most famous is a grappa sour. Okay. Because with the sour, it's easy to, to cover to and to yeah. mix it. Um, despite that, all the cocktails that I've ever tasted in my life with grappa were like difficult to drink. Okay. But with Demaro, you can do a lot of, uh, a lot of cocktails. It's really, it's really, um, multi. More versatile. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Now I remember coming by it, you know, your stand at Vinitaly or wherever we may have sort of run across. And, and that was sort of like a big focus for you guys, which was sort of introducing Amaro, not just as the digestivo after, after dinner, but also as a component, because obviously mixology and bars and cocktails have just exploded over the last 10, 15 yeah. years. So has that become sort of a major sort of push for you, major focus, this kind of idea of getting Amaro into cocktails. Yeah. Also, yeah. also the grappa smoke, it can be used in cocktails. Like, for example, like, like whiskey a, or a brandy. Like a yeah. twister for Bloody Mary, which is one of my favorite cocktails. No, it's made with vodka, but now they are twisting with mezcal in some some countries in the world. But uh, twisting with the grappa smoke, it's fantastic. Really? It's amazing. Yeah. If, so, if you like a Bloody Mary. If you like a Bloody I'm, Mary. I love a Bloody Mary, Lisa. Something else. We must we must know each other exactly. at some at some I'll point. Get, I'll get you get you ladies together at some point. Give me your phone so, number. See that? I will call you later. You bring the tomato juice, Nat. Yeah, I, Japanese, I can't drink that stuff. Japanese with grappa. Oh, and a, and, a, and a Bloody Mary. Love it. Well, you should come and visit the distillery, <laughs> Wayne, and Nat. You should really come. I, it's been a long I time since I've been up there. I was up there, oh my God, 12 years ago, maybe. That was the last time. We're so closed. And, exactly. Uh, and really, you you have to come. I will. Whereabouts are you based, Lisa? Sorry. Yeah, where is the distillery? Exactly? I, the dis I have a general idea. The distillery is in Povoletto, which is uh, just at the, foot of, at the foot of the Colli Orientali Hills. Yep. So it well. it's near Aquila del Torre, it's near uh, Nimis, Savorniano, yeah. exactly. It's cool. just okay. uh, between Udine and Savorniano. And it's uh, in the middle of the vineyard, so it's also nice to see the, 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 the landscape and everything around. That will uh, we'll go up one day. Yeah. Right. Ready when you are. I have Rosella and June up on stage. I think they may have a question. So Rosella came up first. Rosella, did you have a question for Lisa? Uh, hello. Um, hi, hi Rosella. Oh, well, basically, I was just uh, willing to know where they are based. So basically, you are. Uh, we just answered uh, your question. Yeah, near <laughs> Udine. Okay. Okay. Uh, are you coming to visit, I, I, Rosella? Where are you, Rosella, from? I'm Trieste. Ah, okay. Ah. <laughs> so it's very close. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> so I'm happy to hear. But because, to be honest, I never heard about the Amaro you are uh, making. So I'm quite curious now. And uh, it's likely that we will be uh, sooner or later <laughs> uh, come to visit you. Because ah. uh, like, the, in terms of um, grappa, we have uh, had the chance to taste it. And so we, we know the where did you Where did you taste it? In, in Trieste? I think that it was, yes, in Trieste. Mm, it was a restaurant, uh, well... When I think it was, uh, I, I'm not so sure, but once it was called Bak, it was on the borderline with Slovenia, if I'm not wrong. And uh, I think it was quite uh, many years ago, so maybe they, they changed the name. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I had the chance, and so I'm happy to, to confirm that it's a really, really a nice product. But now the... the I'm quite intrigued by, about the Amaro. So. Well, come and visit us. Yeah, yes. We are That's open for visits uh, yeah. now, anytime. Just uh, send to, us an email. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have to reserve ahead of time? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now we are uh, used to all these kind of procedures. So we will check before and then uh, we will manage. Yes, to if you write an email to the distillery, it will arrive to me. So yeah. Okay. Just go to the website. Just say uh, Amaro. Uh, um, I am uh, Rosella. Rosella from La Taverna. Yeah, yeah, with pleasure. Wayne said. Okay. And bring friends, of course. Of course. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the more, sure. the merrier, as exactly. we say. Okay, sure. thank, thank you. you. I, I keep listening. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you very Rosella. much. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. June, did you have a question for Lisa? Yes, hi. Hi, June. Hi, How are you doing? Good to see you again as well. Welcome back. Very well, thank you. Lisa, I, I have tasted grappa. I can say I live in New York City. Um, very few restaurants, even good ones, um, feature very many grappa. Um, I don't know if that's the plural. They do feature Amari, yeah. which I am a major fan of and use extensively in cocktails alone. Cool. Before. And um, I am just curious. I'm, I'm an Armagnac drinker post-dinner, post-prandial, um, and I'd like to learn more about grappa. Where would you suggest that I start? Hmm. Oh, that's good a question. good question. Where do you go to learn about grappa? Um, You've traveled in New York. Is there a place that sort of well, has a actually, hot grappa list? Actually, we're, um, we receive, uh, as, as uh, the Association of Distilleries in Italy, we receive uh, um, a contribution for the promotion of grappa in the United States. And we were uh, stopped by the COVID pandemic. Uh, Pandemia and the, everything was uh, um, was stopped for one year, and we only had the chance to make some uh, tastings uh, uh, at Italy in uh, in New York, in New York okay. uh, near the flat uh, flat iron building, mm -hmm. that one. And but now, starting from January, we will begin to make. Uh, uh, we will start with the degustations and um, weekend uh, events uh, on in restaurants. Uh, uh, we will do a lot of activities for the next two years in, ah, okay. in New York. So how can someone grappa. keep up with that? Is there, I don't know, social media, website? Is there a You can a go resource? on the website, elograppa.com. Hello, hello grappa like hello, hi like, like hi. oh hello, hello grappa. Grappa. Com. there you go and you can find all the information you need and that Thanks. that will be not only my grappa but all the grappas well, okay. from the association of distilleries in italy so 
among the best grappas you can find on the market. There you go, June. Yeah. Well, thank you very so much. Hello, I, I so H E L O H E L L O G R A P P A dot com dot com. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, June. Thanks Thank for, you. For, for contributing and coming Thank up and, and asking. And there so. are also a lot of cocktails there in the website. I mean, all the distilleries have contributed to this. That you can this. do at home. And that you can do at home or, uh, I mean, um, pairs with food and all the events we're going to do. Uh, we will start again in a couple of months. You said so, it probably in January? Probably in January. And I'm definitely, I will go there. You travel a lot. Yeah, and, that's very good news. Thanks. Especially, I will follow the the, the project of yeah. Alograppa in okay. the United States. So do you, um, yeah. It, so do you? Uh, so just sort of jumping off that idea, um, you used to travel a lot in the United States. Was there any particular place in the states that seemed to be more grappa friendly, or that you really enjoyed visiting because they were so enthusiastic, or well. Um, Americans in general pretty pretty good about grappa. Yeah, especially you know the the, the Italian restaurants. Okay. Those, I mean, are always happy to have you there, and they are always happy to uh, give a hand to promote the the grappa. They uh, many times you find people that are uh, um, happy to see you as an Italian producer because they are. Um, proud okay of their heritage so maybe they are second uh, or third generation of italians americans and uh it becomes in incredible incredibly uh, instantly uh like a, a friendship a friendship yeah and this is the best part okay the best part of traveling and having to deal with this italian restaurant which actually the italian restaurants are the best way to promote uh, the grappa. Oh yeah, obviously. So and, and the Italian restaurants are the I think I believe the biggest community of restaurateurs in the world. I think so. Yeah. I think. I, I don't. Think yeah. So. More Italian restaurants. More Italian in the restaurants than, than, any, than other. any other. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. So and they're gonna help. They help us to develop the the knowledge of of grappa. Yeah. And Not also, only Tosolini, but also the grappa itself grappa in general. So you are, so you, you sort of feel that sometimes that it's I found some restaurants they have more grappas selection than the Italians in Italy. Yeah, there was. I remember there was a place in New York that had so many amari. Yeah. It was like more amaro than you would ever find in any I bar. I found there amari that I never heard before coming right. from, Italy. from Italy. Small productions, uh, maybe even family production, but. It was really incredible to yeah. see. Yeah, Amaro went through this kind of phase in the States where it was like, um, sommeliers drank Amaro. Like that was their thing because nobody else was cool enough to drink Amaro except for Assam. So that was like the big thing. So like Psalms would like go out after dinner and they would like go to a, a place that had a lot of Amaro. So Amaro had this kind of like sommelier support group in it. So that's interesting. Um, you know, I was just thinking, you said before about you know negronis and cocktails and things like that i could see this smoked grappa going into a negroni instead oh, of yeah. instead of your uh instead of your gin or instead of i drink negronis with mezcal 
which I love. And I think this would be a really nice sort of smoky addition So we are two it, uh, Italians, well, Italian-American that love mezcal. I, I think love we are the only ones. Uh, <laughs> I think we are. We are, we are. Yeah, I, I remember going into a bar and saying, can I? At the beginning, when I first drank, drank mezcal, I was like, oh my God, that, what, that's gasoline, no? It was um, really strange. But then you start to get used to the the flavor, and it's uh, like the um, always comparing with the with the Chinese Japanese. It's like the wasabi. You know, ah, the first yeah. time you had wasabi in your You're life, like, you say, "Oh my God, what's that?" And now you can you can't get enough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I it's love, the same thing. A little. I've always been a big um, fan of of uh, tequila um, and and mezcal, especially mezcal, sort of like. Smokier, a little so bit. now you will have a grappa smoker. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. But also with amaro, you can do a great uh, twist in the in the Negroni. Really, using the gin, the bitter, instead of using the bitter, or instead of uh, using the with the, if you don't use the bitter, it becomes more um, more sweet because you have vermouth and right. and gin and uh, and bitter. So if you put the amaro instead of the bitter, it becomes a little Very sweeter. sweet. Ah, so but if you're if you, never a if big... If you remove the vermouth and you keep the bitter, then it's really a nice twist. Huh. Yeah. So basically two-thirds Amato and one-third I'm gin. I'm thinking about making um, making a, a, a twist of the Negroni. Okay. Ready to drink. Ah. So in the bottle, using our gin. Using we do a small production of gin as well. Really, and, um, and the recipe was for from my grandfather that he used to make gin fifty years ago. No kidding. Yeah, seven Before ingredients. The gin explosion. Seven ingredients. Wow. It was, co it was called gin Gilson. So you gin cannot find it Gilson? anywhere. Gilson. Gilson gin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. It was a kind of very weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Grappa was his main. Hang on. June, do you want to say something? Sorry. Yes, I just wanted to add that there's a very popular um, Amaro called Sfumati, Sfumato, perhaps, um, in New York um, that is used in Negronis for that smokiness. Ah, Sfumato, S-U-M-A-T-O? F-S-F-U-M-A-T-O. Sfumato. Sfumato. Interesting. I have to look that up. Yes. It's quite delicious. Um, hmm. It's a smoky, very smoky. Just adds to cocktails or to a, just a drop in Negroni. Just really reinvents it for me. Cool. Wow. I need to know that. Yeah, well, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Sfumato. But anyway, cool. Thank you, June, for that. Uh, Thanks. We're going to check that out. So, um, I don't know. I will, I'm going to make this ready to drink. Uh, you're going to make a ready to drink uh, cocktail. cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Using the amaro instead of uh, with our own bitter and our own gin. That makes things so, easy. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about measuring. You just once ice you will go. come to the distillery, I will show you the book of the recipes that we have, and it's amazing. Really. If we ha we have a bitter that is made of thirty five different ingredients. Wow. It's an, it's incredible. It's a bitter, not an amaro. It's or? a bitter. It's, it's a, a bitter. bitter. Oh, okay. It's so bitter. basically, one of those things that you just use, like the Campari bitter, Campari. Oh, okay. So, I, but I have a book like this of, ah. of recipes. Is this um, is this something that you guys published as a distillery, or is this just like your little uh, the family, private it's compendium? The, oh, no, no, it's our family ah. book of 
So you haven't, this is not something you published, this is anice cristallizzato, we have the, we used to make the double cumel, we used to make a lot of liquors in the past. Uh, wow. I mean, during the 50s, 60s, it was a trend. Yeah. So the grappa from in one side, but we start to make other liquors that we're not doing anymore. Okay. And, uh, well, my, my grandfather, um, he brought the cocktails to Friuli. Because in Friuli, we only used to drink uh, straight wine, only wine, but I'm talking about the 50s. Okay. And he was going to Milan, uh, to different cities to sell his grappa. And he became very good friend of the owner of the Barbasso in Milano. Ah, it was okay. the first bar in Milan that used to make the cocktails. cocktails. And, the, and once he came back to Friuli, uh, he, he went to a bar in Grado that was called Pancera. It was very famous, and uh, they said, and he said, "Why you don't start to make this cocktail? You can put the two, three ingredients instead of selling only wine." And so the first cocktail bar in Friuli in the fifties was Pancera in Grado, and it was because of my grandfather brought this idea from the Barbasso in Milano. That's fantastic. I didn't know that. That's an amazing little piece of history right there. That's cool. So we've talked about the past. We've talked about the present. What about the future? What's coming up? What's coming? Any, any new projects in the, I mean, you talked about, you know, different grappas made in different woods. Well, we, just this distill, whole idea. we just distilled the, um, some beer. Uh-huh. We made the Aquavita di Birra. So how, how do you do, do you, is it like, Cognac, it's but cognac. instead like, of it's distilling a, it's wine, distill, you're distilling beer. Yeah, exactly. It's distilling the same, the Charan stills, the okay. same that where we distill the cognac. Huh. Uh, because during the lockdown, uh, the, the, some friends of my brother, they have this production of beer in Zare, in, uh, oh, in Saudi. Okay. Up in Saudi, yeah. And they said, we have a lot of beer we're not selling right now. And it was like uh, uh, becoming... Too old, you know, they have the beer as an expiry date. Yeah. No, so before the expiry date, they said, you want, we have a couple of hundred liters of this beer. Mm. So if you want, uh, you can distill it. And my brother said, yes, why not? Okay. And so he distilled this beer and actually, and then we age it for like six months in bottles and it's, once you come to the distillery, you're gonna taste it. I'm really, yeah, I'm really curious. It's I've amazing. Never, I've it's never amazing. tasted it's that. It's amazing, huh. and it's really. I mean, we start to sell it, uh, and it's really appreciated by the. Uh, so you have started selling it. Yes, ah. yes. We made like two thousand bottles, like something like Save that. Save one for me, for God's sake. Of course. Okay. Yeah. But it's really, it's really, really good. What's the sort of what's the the, the profile it's different? It's light, light, okay. But it has this aftertaste of beer that you feel in your no mouth. Kidding. So it's um, it's 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 sweet because anyway, it comes from the you know it has a very sweet, uh, beer is sweet. Okay. You no know, beer is not bitter. Right. So okay. It's, yeah. It's and it's incredible. I like it very much. But do you get any sort of kind of like that hoppiness or sort of that sort of, I don't know, beeriness that you get on the distill? Does that come through after distillation or no? See. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Sounds really interesting. It is. Okay. And is it, and does it, does this have a particular name, this product or? 
Not yet. No. So it's now it's called Aquavita di Biera. Aquavita di Biera. Oh, okay. That's we easy, should, easier than that. We should find one. We should find one. Yeah, we should find one. Okay. You know, I heard that uh, in America, they are now uh, selling the one of the best seller uh, um, spirits. It's... Um, uh, uh, whiskey. Okay. Made with uh, flavor with the peanut butter. No. It's called Screwball. <laughs> okay. And and it's oh my the, goodness. <laughs> I mean, I love peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, well, so we should do a grappa based liquor made with the peanut butters and banana. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that, the future. That, that would be a, a big. Be scared if you want. If you want to conquer the UK market, you're going to have to Amazing. make a, a, a marmite grappa, right, that, Nat? That. Mm, just had some marmite. Did you see that? That's, yep. that's, that stuff is nasty. Come I don't on. think nobody I don't wants think, to eat that. Oh hush now! I don't think that would. I don't think it would work unless you could somehow create. You know how salted caramels become really popular. Yeah. And if you think about peanut butter, um, this might sound really weird, but I sort of invented this crunchy peanut butter with a very thin cucumber, a little bit of Tabasco. So you get this kind of almost Thai-flavored sandwich. <laughs> Lisa's probably thinking, oh, my God, the English, what do they do? <laughs> well, if you eat Marmite, that's, that stuff's mild by comparison. Yeah, but I wonder if you could create that salty caramel vibe like you get with satay food, like you could almost, I could almost imagine in in a grappa uh, where you get that smooth, warm, velvety sweetness and mm. somehow it's slightly salty as well. And a little spicy, that, yeah. Wow. Something to think about, Lisa. There uh, you go. You know, the evolution of the taste, it's always... Uh... It's always moving. It's always moving. Yeah. Yes, you can. You will never stop. I mean, grappa is a traditional distillate, and this will never change. Right. But everything else is moving, and uh, it's incredible. And the taste of people is changing. Now they talk about us like the the generation of Coca Cola. Oh, so right. So the okay. sweet generation. Now they have the generation of coffee. Because with Starbucks and with yeah. all this, everybody's drinking everybody's coffee. Drinking all the time. coffee. Right. So the next generation, grappa you know. generation, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you maybe. never know. But anyway, okay, Lisa, you've been great. If nobody here in the audience has any more questions for Lisa, I'm going to uh, close the room. Thank you so much for coming and pleasure. spending your time here with us at uh, La Taverna and talking about your stuff. Nat, did you have any more questions? Rosella, June, up on stage. This is uh, the last call, as Just, we say. So I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you, Lisa. Thank you for coming uh, thank and you. talking. And thank you. But um, I wait you in the distillery yeah, with Wayne. Oh, yes. We'll Please. go up that. Please. Yeah. With bells on. Absolutely. Rosella, I, I did you have some? I want to say yes? thank you again uh, as well. Thanks, and, Rosella. Uh, and hope to, to come to visit uh, you soon. More than welcome. Benvenuta. Thank you. Okay. Grazie mille. Ciao. A Ciao. Grazie. Thanks also, also, Lisa, for the taste of this smoked grappa, which is, is great. This is something that I'm definitely going to be drinking. You will, you will drink more when you come to this dinner. Yeah, but I'm going to be drinking more of this just over the winter time. I can just feel it coming. You know, this is going to be like my, you know, chill out after dinner, watch a little TV sure. and warm up with some smoked grappa. It's delicious. But anyway, thanks everybody for coming tonight. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. Thanks also. 
Robbie for being the man. Thank you, Wayne. Behind the console. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, join us next week. We'll be back next Wednesday, those of you who are here. Um, so yeah, keep your eye on uh, Facebook at uh, La Taverna Freely Wines and my Instagram page, which is uh, Wayne Grape. So uh, yeah, check that out and you'll be informed as to what's coming next week. So thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, Nat. And uh, everybody have a great night. Thank you. Bye. Hey, I want to thank everybody this evening for coming. Thank you for listening. I appreciate uh, Natalie Benlolo, our co-host, Rob Milani, our sound guy. Follow me on La Taverna Friuli on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram at Wayne Grape. And you can find this awesome music on YouTube at Beat Ambassador. Finishes with an A.